What is up, everybody? Welcome to a belated return edition of Movies for Breakfast, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Trent Johnson, and I am joined once again by James Correas and Anna Bryant. How are you all? Great. We're just out here. Doing hot. Doing thing. James just came in hot. That was really loud on my mic. <laughs> my headphones. <laughs> Man, uh, I have no AC at my place uh, right now. I mean, James I don't either, but I'm in New York, so like it's different. I'm in Texas. <laughs> Ooh, it is hot. Hot. Well, maybe, Not even the fan maybe if you me. got out of there, it wouldn't be so hot. Nah. <laughs> so before we uh, get into demographic wars or location wars or geography wars, uh, I do want to say uh, we are deeply saddened to bring you such bad news that one of our audio files corrupted. I don't want to say who. I don't want pointy fingers <laughs> because they would be pointed at me. <laughs> um, for our Infinity War uh, review, which included spoilers, as of now, we are not sure if we are going to record another one because we kind of poured our hearts and souls into it and we <laughs> talked for like two hours. So we made you one. If it keeps breaking like ridiculous records, maybe that'll be a reason for us to do one. But as of right now, we do not have one planned. Um, however, today we have a full menu of delectable topics to talk about, including James has a ton of news. Um, he's been absolutely grinding on the internet, Googling all the movie websites, trying to find the latest and greatest in the movie world for us to talk about. And this week, we will also be reviewing Tully and You Were Never Really Here. So, with that being said, James, hit us with some news. Well, most of the news out there is about Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) (laughs) So there's nothing real. That's it. We're done. No. uh, First of all, real quick. Avengers Infinity War is the fastest movie to reach one billion at the global box office. Oh, guys, are you at all surprised? No, by absolutely this? not. No. the The pump for this movie was so gratuitous and effective that I thought, at the very least, the first month it was going to just destroy. And as of right now, that's where we are. So, so do you think the next movie is going to make as much money as this one? Uh, just to put it in perspective, Ant Man Wasp. Or like the next Avengers. No, 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 movie. no, no. The next uh, Avengers movie, the part two that uh, we don't know the titles for yet. It's gonna make kind of it's like, gonna make more money. <laughs> okay, the only reason I ask this is because first Star Wars movie, Force Awakens, made way more money than uh, what's the next one called? Uh, the next one was the next one was called uh, The Last Jedi, which I like. Yeah. About as much. I liked both of them pretty much the same. Yeah, that one, the second one didn't make as much money as the first one and everything. So people are kind of thinking that the second one's not going to make money or it's going to make more money because this is something happens in the first Avengers that people really want to know what happens. It's a part one to a part two. You know, I mean, it's two parts to the story. It's two parts to the story, but this was also like 18 prequels to this story. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a fun fact, though. Um, as you all, if you guys have listened to our podcast more than once, you'll know that we all are customers of the MoviePass um, product. And if you've read the news, you know that they are sort of undergoing changes almost routinely now. Um, routinely. But here's a fun fact that I read in the ringer this morning. MoviePass customers saw Black Panther more than one million times. I mean, so, when you can see it as many times as you want. Why not? Uh, <laughs> right, and that's why I bring this up, because MoviePass has recently made it to where people cannot go see the same movie more than once. So I'm curious to see if this movie will sort of tucker out, whereas Black Panther kept going and it kept growing. and kept People kept seeing that movie, and I wonder if MoviePass played as great a role as maybe uh, maybe that we're not realizing. Like Maybe that was a reason why it made so much money so deep into its run. Um I'm curious to see if Avengers Infinity War has the same, like, duration of dominance. And also, just uh, has tougher competition. I mean, Deadpool comes out in a couple weeks. Solo comes out. Those will do big the first weekends. So, we'll see how long Avengers Infinity War can keep pumping out money. How long can Thanos keep taking our money? 
<laughs> you can have it. So speaking of another records or the first of things, Deadpool two is scores the score, not the like the soundtrack or anything, and, and not the, the first Rotten Tomato score <laughs> and the music score. Yeah, yeah, the music score. You know, the background thing to get you hyped for a scene is the first to earn a parental advisory sticker for explicit content. Scandalous. Anna, read off some of the t- some of the songs. Well, we have some very tasteful titles like the classic <laughs> Holy Shit Balls. And we hmm. also have You Can't Stop This Motherfucker. And let's not forget <laughs> the crowd favorite, Pity Dick. <laughs> oh man, that is too much. Okay, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts on this. I just think it's funny, and it's, and it's on brand for Ryan Reynolds and the creative team behind Deadpool. Yeah, the marketing is crazy. Like earlier, for like a couple of weeks, I don't know when. But they did the Cillian Dion music video. It was it was it was recent. It was like a week and a half or something. Like not that long ago. James, you weren't even excited for Deadpool two. Where are you at right now? Like a couple months ago, you were like, meh. Okay, so I saw the, I missed the second trailer for Deadpool, and I saw it in the theater, when I went to see Avengers: Infinity War, and I got pretty hyped. I was excited. I don't know. I feel like this is gonna be something different than the first one. Yeah. So that gives me hope for it and where they're gonna take this character in the future we'll have to see i, I got excited because i recently saw a movie with brian reynolds and i was like man i like i like him <laughs> it, was, it was van wilder <laughs> for like the 15th no time. it was uh it was a uh, hitman's bodyguard oh, that's right yeah it's terrible right. you watched that last not, not a good movie but it's ridiculous it is what it is you know samuel jackson just saying motherfucker all the time he this could podcast. record this score <laughs> I would listen to the score recorded by Samuel L. Jackson, like conducted by Samuel L. Jackson. That'd be, like, that'd be enough of a tagline to get me to listen to it on Spotify. And uh, as a person that is sort of new to this superhero craze and is it fully, I feel like you are embracing this this newfound excitement in this genre. Like, where are you at with Deadpool two? Okay, so plot twist. The X-Men movies are actually the superhero movies I've seen the most of. Okay, okay. Like, not like a fangirl sort of thing, but I, like, have been watching them, like, since they started coming out, like, when I was in high school. But I'm not caught up. But so I'm, like, I'm probably most excited for this one because, like, I like X-Men movies. Also, they kind of came out first. I mean, like, not first first. Like, Blade sort of was the movie that started the modern superhero movie, at least, like, formulaically. But... X-Men was the first one that got big, like, popular. So, it makes sense. And Deadpool's unique. I mean, he's, like, a very... He's a, he's a very different character than any of the Marvel properties. But I think... I think what the X-Men franchise has done pretty well is it's taken actors and then really, like, played to what those actors are good at. Like, Ryan Reynolds is a great Deadpool. Hugh Jackman... Ryan Reynolds is, yeah, he's Deadpool. Great, great Wolverine. Like, they just really, like... They really use the actors and, like, focus on them. At least from what I know about superhero movies. It seems like Ryan Reynolds was born to play Wade Wilson. Like, this is the role he was meant to play. Like, when he was getting into acting, I was like, this is it. Because this, like, sort of encompasses, like, the Ryan Reynolds, Van Wilder shtick comedy with his physical like physical presence on screen. Well, wasn't this you know, movie going to not be made without him? Oh, yeah, he was for sure a huge part of it. Huge part of it, getting made at all. Yeah. I mean, he he's the one that leaked the uh, the test footage that got people excited about it, I think. Right, James? Wasn't that confirmed? Didn't he confirm that he was the one that released that? Yeah, he said that in an interview. I was saying, yeah, I did. And that's sort of what... You know, uh, sometimes you had to grease the wheel. Yeah, that's what got all the momentum behind the project, and then boom, here we are now, Deadpool 2, and... and Apparently, he's going to be a big part of future X-Men movies, um, even if they're not his own. What else we got, James? Uh, okay, so another thing with tickets, box office, and everything like that. Okay. 
the solo sequel, which is coming out uh, in a few weeks. Solo, the first one's coming out. The sequel is yes. oh no, something. I see. Sequels will probably happen if the first solo a Star Wars story is a big box office hit. Right. Right now they're claiming, which I doubt it. It's doubled Black Panther's ticket sale. You don't, pre-sales. So you don't believe this. Pre sales. No, no way. No way. No. No. Not. Uh. Uh. Wakanda forever, man. I don't know, but did. I don't remember. I know that it did well pre-sale, but it didn't do like Infinity's War, Infinity War well pre-sale. But it did really well pre-sale. Like, didn't it do better than Star Wars pre-sale? I think it did, yeah. Which is surprising, especially because how much bad press Solo has gotten over the past year. I mean, they had a director change, and then you had the rumors that the guy couldn't act, which was weird. So here's, here's the thing. Star Wars fans like to bitch a lot. They do, uh, yes. But they will definitely watch a Star Wars movie, you know? Like, say, Man, say the prequels it. happen. Prequels happen. People had a lot of problems with that. But then the new Star Wars comes, they're like, all right, this is what we want. <laughs> then the next movie comes out, and they're just like, oh, come on. I don't know. People still really hate the first three. Like, not the first time, like, I know like one, two, three. <laughs> the prequels. Not like four, five, six. Talking about one, there are, two, three. There, there are prequel stands out there, though, Anna. You have to go to the right forum board. You'll find them. <laughs> I really like the intricacy of the government and the inner workings of the politics of this world. I don't care. That stuff's boring. That is, I mean, if I want to watch stuff like that, I'll turn on C-SPAN. I say this as someone that likes the first one. Like episode one? Yeah. She, she likes the pod racing. I like the pod racing. <laughs> she says, look, I like the, I like the pod racing. Okay. Um, I mean, there's there's cool stuff in the prequels. There's cool stuff there's in every Star Wars movie. Star Wars movie always delivers on sort of the big set pieces and stuff like that. I mean, I like. I them mean, enough. I didn't. I didn't hate the third one. No. A whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that makes zero sense in that movie. But yeah, I mean, I, don't I mean, Ian McGregor. Uh, yeah. What, when are they gonna make his movie? The saving grace of. Of the whole Star Wars franchise is, is Ian McGregor, or the not the whole Star Wars franchise, but the prequel part was Ian McGregor playing Obi Wan Kenobi. That's real. Perfect. So speaking of playing the part again and again, let's talk about Rambo Five. Hey, look at that transition. He's the- <laughs> becoming a segue professional, man. Uh, all right, so Sylvester Stallone is in talks to return. For the fifth installment of the franchise, uh, so he he might direct as well, and he's, he's writing, gonna direct he's working it. on a script. He's going to direct this movie. You could write that down. You could take that to Vegas. You could bet on it. He's going to direct this movie. There's no chance that he doesn't direct this. No chance. So what did he make himself go up against? None other than Mexican cartel. Thoughts on this guy? I haven't seen any of the Rambos. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't either. I just okay. I just like this is a moment where I've heard. Why am I on a movie podcast? Right. This is like one of those things. Uh, I'm gonna also have to admit that I have not seen them. Uh, Oh my god! I have not seen them. Like in the theatrical version, but I've seen them on television. So like, oh, so I've like, like so piece. you're at the gym and like you're on the elliptical <laughs> no, and you no, see no, Rambo no. up there. Like, no, no, I've, <laughs> I've like wa- I've watched them on like AMC or something like that. Like I haven't, uh, I haven't well, like rented the Blu-ray. It. No, but it's not but though you, because they probably cut all a lot of stuff out because I mean the dude's murdering people. Oh, like, that's right. what okay, so about. I forget about that. For, it's been a really long time since people. I've watched TV. It's 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 the '80s John Wick. I mean, that's essentially what Rambo is, I think. Oh, does that mean we're going to get five John Wicks? Whoa, whoa, whoa. But I'm okay with that, though, because John Wick is, uh, it's... it's it killed his dog. Well, it's Come different, on, because it's not... His heart. It's based in this, like, fictitious world. It's kind of interesting to learn about it. Whereas Rambo is just, like, a military action flick. Like, for okay, soldiers so... to get really excited about, which is fine. Propaganda. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, all military movies have some extensive propaganda in them. Yeah. In the last movie, I think it was called John Rambo, kind of doing, like, the same thing with uh, the Rocky movie. Yeah. 
which he also uh, directed. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's... He's, a. Uh, there's, like, a six-minute scene where he's just, like, in the back of, like, this machine gun, <laughs> just mowing down people. There's blood going... Six minutes! Six I, it, like, I saw minutes. I saw a clip on... Yeah, yeah. Go go look on YouTube. It's just, like... Oh, man. Pornographic. Pornographic. It's funny because I feel like we've done this... Uh, Sl- I love Sly Stallone. I really do. Like, I get excited when he cameos in movies. He was actually in Guardians Galaxy 2, and I got really excited. I thought that was a cool cameo. I'm all for Stallone being in movies. He was great in Creed. I thought he had a shot, outside chance at winning Best Supporting Actor. I just, we've seen him do this movie literally 30 times. And while it's kind of fun, he's like 70. (laughs) (laughs) He's like 70. He doesn't even go here. Etta, did you see Creed? No. That's a good movie. If you like Black Panther, you know, go see... Michael B. Jordan's in it. I know that. Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler. He's 71 years old. 71 years old. And I know for a fact that at some point in this movie, his shirt is going to be off. Hey. Bro, if you look that (laughs) good at 70... Flaunt it if you got it. The guy is juiced to the gills, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I can say that with some level of confidence because he literally got in trouble once going through customs with steroids. (laughs) in australia this is the actual thing that happened so breaking I don't feel news bad no no you heard it here first it was years ago it was actually when, <laughs> it was it was when he was doing the balboa movie because in that movie he also had to what take his shirt off in the boxing scene i'm not against the seven we to take his shirt off i just think it's really funny because we've done this before and it's like i don't know i also I, on one hand i'm like okay i don't want to watch it but on the other hand i'm like man look at stallone he's so He's such a bigwig in Hollywood now that he can literally just be like, oh, nobody wants to direct this movie. Nobody wants to write this movie. I'll just do it myself. And it'll still make a certain, it'll still reach a certain threshold where he's still considered a success, like all his Expendables movies did. Yeah, people like that. There's there's definitely a following for those. There's an audience for these kinds of films. It's just not Anna, Trent, or James. (laughs) (laughs) It's not movies for breakfast. I'm surprised I haven't seen a Rambo movie. I'm surprised I haven't seen an Expendables movie because of all the cameos and stuff of, like, old action stars. I'm really surprised I haven't watched one. But I haven't. I've never been like, I want to watch the Expendables tonight. Maybe tonight. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> James, is, James, do you have anything else? Uh, yes. Okay. All right, so next up is John Cena. Hey. Fresh off his hey. Blockers movie. John Cena is to star in Jansen Detective. Okay. For Dwayne Johnson's Seven Buck Productions. So this is a movie that he was just like, hey man, I think you're the be- best person to play this. I'm going to give you this role. Here's my theory. Go. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is going to participate in the star building of John Cena in the Hollywood arena so he can... So they can have a movie in the next five years, not in five years, but sometime in the next five years, where they face off like Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, and it's going to make a ton of money, and it's going to have all the wrestling fans go see it, it's going to have all the rock fans go see it, and it's going to have all the dummies like James and I go see it, because we are rock stands. I guess I'm going to have to see it too if we're having it for (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) This reminds me of more of, uh, not the Nicolas Cage thing and this, and uh, what's his name? John Travolta. And yeah, off? they're puny. Right. I mean, Guess we. What we're talking about is one. muscles. <laughs> well, no, These I'm just muscles. It'd be more like okay, so maybe a better it'd example. Be, let, me, let me tell you this. Is the Stallone movie. Wesley Snipes or something when they faced off in No, no, English no. Man. It's Arnold versus. Stallone. What movie were they that in? That movie. What movie was that? I don't remember. Uh, it was like a prison movie. Okay, but that, I've seen that one. They're not the old one. They've been in a movie before that, I think, too. Stallone versus Arnold? I think so, yeah. Like, Google. I'm gonna literally Google Stallone versus Arnold and see what comes up. Type in movies, because then you just get a bunch of fanboys going. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think Arnold is uh, better than this time. I did time. put movies, but it's like, I didn't, that thing came up, so... Um, hold on. All right. Escape Plan is the movie you're referring to. 
mm-hmm. which I have seen. They're both in the Expendables. And yeah, man, maybe you're right. Is that really the only movie that they're both in? I mean, like, other than the new... Like, they were never in a movie of the in the 80s or in the early 90s at the same time. That is bizarre. That's got to be, like, a huge... Th- we There must be an oversight. We must just be missing something. Email us and tell us we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll put the we'll put the email in the in the description. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give everyone your email address. No, we have a we have a movies for breakfast email. We do. Wait. Oh, we do, don't we? I think so. Yeah. Look at that. Well, whatever. We can make one. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, we should probably have one actually. <laughs> um, okay, are, is anyone excited about whatever we were talking about? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I'm just excited for all these like wrestlers getting oh okay some uh, movie yeah. time. Uh, John Cena Rock. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, John Cena. He's pretty funny. Uh, the Rock. They're both. They're both are family friendly. You know, uh, and then Dave Bautista. He's doing his own thing. He was. I, I like his small role in uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. He's in that movie one. that's coming out too. The Hotel Artemis. That action movie yeah. coming out with it has a bunch of people. Uh, in it. <laughs> Hotel Artemis has um, just real quick. It has Dave Bautista, Jodie Foster, Sterling Brown, Charlie Day, Jeff Goldblum. All these people are in this movie, and uh, Bautista is getting. He seems to have a prominent role from the trailer. So he he I I think Bautista's. He's like maybe the third most famous of those three, but he might be. I mean, he can do a lot. Like he was pretty emotional in Blade Runner in the little that we saw him. I I kind of like him. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah, I think he has a lot of potential, and I like him in the Guardians, even though he's sort of become a punchline, exclusively in the in lately. And as her wheels are turning, we're talking about Drax. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's in um. He's in some TV show I used to watch, but I can't remember which one now. WWE Raw? <laughs> no. <laughs> he was in a show I used to watch. He had a shirt off in every episode. It was weird. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, James, is that it for the news? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Uh, anything, any last, any parting words on what uh, news, anything else, anyone else say, seem to think crazy? Uh, the only other things I've seen were... Hasbro has uh, purchased Power Rangers. How much? For $522 million. Wow. Oh, great. So we'll probably get some more Power Rangers movie. That'll be fun. <laughs> I know uh, Jessica Chastain is going to be in a new all-star spy thriller. I will say, though, this is good news for the Power Rangers franchise. Because I think, if you remember... The buzz when that movie got announced, not when it came out, but when it got announced, was that people wanted an adult version of Power Rangers. But if you know anything about Saban, they're exclusively kid-friendly content. Um, so I wonder if now that another company owns it, if there's a better chance at something like that happening. Would you guys be interested in that? I don't know. Because there was a short film that came out that got, like, a huge yeah. amount of traction. I'm not familiar enough with that to speak confidently to it. Because when I think Power Rangers, I think, like, when I was a little kid. Right. I know. But that's that's the thing, though. You're an adult now. So, like, why not? <laughs> like, basically, I think that's, like, the idea is, like, try to uh, latch on to nostalgia and get people to buy tickets based off that. I mean, if they make it as good as Jumanji, I'd be into it. But if it's just, like, another action movie for the sake of making an action movie... Like Rambo 5. Like Rambo 5. <laughs> uh, James, thoughts? Okay, so uh, I used to watch Power Rangers a lot as a child. Me too, actually. Um, <laughs> I think I watched it far before, long before I like should have. And my sister was like, I'm going to tell people at school that I still watch Power <laughs> I Rangers. I kept watching it. He's like, so what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm the tell only em. one that likes it at school. Shut tell up. him. Tell him I like it. Um... What do you call it? I watched some of the short film. I watched the new Power Rangers. The short Rangers. film is good. Naming yeah, Madonna's. I actually liked that a lot. That was a really interesting take on uh, basically a stale franchise. 
I mean, that franchise yeah, I mean, had no it, hype behind it at that point, like zero. So it's kind of amazing that they could do that and get so many, so much people, so much buzz. It did get a lot of buzz. Yeah, if there's a new Power Rangers movie, I'm excited. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe watch. Did you it. watch the last one watch- that came out? Yeah, Ali watched that one is because uh, because like someone was like, "Hey, let's watch this movie." I was like, "I don't got anything better to do." So sure. Fair enough. All right. With that being so, said, oh, there's more. Wait, real quick, what did you think about the Jessica Chastain spy movie? Um, yeah, I think Jessica Chastain is great, and I would watch. <laughs> yeah, her. she's good. I, know, I really, I think she's a good actress. I'd watch her in a spy movie. Yeah, it's you know the Pia Nyong'o was in it. Wow, that. I'm more excited about that now that you mentioned that. Like, is she like oh, the villain? Oh, Who's oh, the... okay. Wait, is Lupita Nyong'o the Panther. villain? No, it's kind of like a all-star cast of female spies. Oh, okay. So like Charlie. I think Angels. it's called uh, 355. Are... Which that that's what uh, a female spy was called a 355. Oh, back in the day. that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Well, I love spy <laughs> movies, so yeah, I'm all for it. I'm excited for Mission Impossible. Drop this bad boy in the. I was about to say, <laughs> drop this bad boy in the Mission Impossible universe, and then we got. Now we're cooking with grease. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then we could do a crossover. Speaking of old guys making movies, how many more of these Mission Impossible movies can Tom Cruise make? I mean, Jesus. That's for that podcast, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have my 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 defense ready for. My no, I love I I don't I can't imagine anyone else being Ethan Hunt, but I am kind of curious to see if they would do what James Bond does and just make. And just recast a younger actor to be Ethan Hunt. That'd be cool. I think they should do that. I don't know. That's just a thought. Um, okay, but anyway, are you guys ready to do some damn movie reviews? Yeah, let's do it. And now our feature presentation. All right, the first movie we are going to talk about is the movie that came out earlier than the other. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro, Trent. All right. <laughs> You were never really here, but you're presumably somewhere. That's like a Jedi mind trick. You were never really here. This movie is about a a man who goes looking for a teenage girl. Um, and this man is a brutal enforcer who attempts a rescue mission. And along the way, he uncovers a chain of corruption and abuse. Oh, man. I haven't seen this before. The movie is directed by Lynn Ramsey. The screenplay is also by Lynn Ramsey, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix, Alessandro Nivola, and the little girl is Ekaterina Samsonov, so very Eastern European name for her. Um, Yeah, so let's just uh, do general thoughts. What did we think of this movie? I liked it. I I liked it. I th- <laughs> are you sure? Because <laughs> are you? There's talking? a lot of question marks. Are in you there. sure? <laughs> Let me pull out the notes. Um, she said, "I liked it. I liked it." <laughs> okay, so 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 so, what's her name? Lynn Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey. So she the movie she's done before that I've watched is we need to talk about Kevin, and holy crap, that movie makes you never want to have a kid yeah yeah hmm, inter- have you seen it trent nice segue no i haven't isn't <laughs> <laughs> that as for things to come for totally i'm just saying see. it's interesting that that's the other movie that she's directed um no i haven't seen it uh so but tell us tell us some anna, people, yeah tell us people who might not have seen it about about it anna is a question mark on it uh from for me seen it like easily watching the trailer you're just like whoa this is like taken or a lot of people have compared it to taxi taxi oh yeah taxi driver um it reminded me a little of man on fire <laughs> like on a very because you like, on a I, very, would, like I would put it closer Denzel. i would put it closer to man with fire for me i mean man on fire, man on fire. <laughs> uh <laughs> If any one thing, so I really liked the visuals of this movie, and what I took away from it more than just being like, you know, dude rescuing women with lots of violence, was like um, okay. So that's well, one thing. Like, hold on, what I took away yeah. from it was almost more of like a study of like the exploration of trauma and its effects on people is sort of like 
more what I came out of the movie thinking about. What what do y'all think about that? So, uh, when you first when you watch the movie, you're just like, oh, okay, you can get an idea. Be like, maybe this is an action packed movie. No, this is not an action packed movie. This is not a Die Hard. This is not a rock movie. No, not at all. It's it's a it's more of a character study. Yeah, kind of like, you know, it's psychological thriller. You know, it's dealing with uh, PD, PTSD and trauma Definitely, yeah. and what happens to veterans when they come back from all that. Well, and one thing I really appreciated in the way it explored that is this movie is filmed in a way where you never you never feel safe. Like, you no. know, going into it, the trailers tell you this is a violent movie and Fair even enough. scenes come about. And they come and they go and nothing violent happens, but you still feel that tension in it the whole time. Sort of like like when you have trauma, like you always feel that tension even when you're in scenarios where you're not threatened. Mm. Yeah, it feels like a Hollywood movie where they just like trim the fat of all big Hollywood, what would make a Hollywood movie. And it's just, because it doesn't show, like he kills people but it really doesn't show it a whole lot it's just like oh yeah it did happen but then it goes back to what he's feeling yeah what's like behind the scenes and hit like he's dealing mentally because in the movie joaquin phoenix he gives a performance and you can tell he's physically and mentally worn out yeah it's a great performance too i think joaquin phoenix just like knocked it out of the park on this one his facial expressions all the things all the character development you can see happening in him with a character that says so little, he does a really great job in this role. I was also impressed at how how he physically manifested the character. Um, not so much of the facial impression, but just like his presence on screen and the way his body looked. Because I feel like a lot of times we give celebration, and rightfully so, to people that, like James is talking about, that play the Hollywood action star. They go into the gym for eight months and they come out with a six pack and you know huge arms, but Joaquin Phoenix does not look like that in this movie, and he's no less imposing and frightening. Um, he looks like a guy that has not. He doesn't look like a guy that you would imagine is in these crazy battles, but he looks like a guy who has survived these crazy battles. And, <laughs> and sort like, of wishing... And is just, yeah. yeah, just beat up. I mean, just like a guy that's brutally been through traumatic experience after traumatic experience. And I do think it's interesting that James brought up... Uh, James, this is a brilliant point by you, I think. The fact that you said that this is sort of a movie like those, but stripped away. Even the dialogue is stripped way down, and it's almost like this is what... If you wanted to be, it's almost like if you think that those characters in the movies are heroic, and maybe they are in their own sort of journey and in that in those stories, this is like a realistic interpretation of what it would actually take and be like to be that person. Like this is where you would have to be mentally. You would have to be so beaten down and like almost n- numb. Yeah. To do the things that he does in this movie. I mean, that's the best well, way I could he, say it. Is like he looks numb. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think he does look entirely numb. There's one really there's one scene that really stands out to me where he has an exchange with another hitman that's almost tender. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And maybe that's the yeah, maybe that's the point then. It's almost like the outside yeah. society that he doesn't feel connected to anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's a like, detachment like these yeah. things these things detach him from the world. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a veteran and you've seen like the worst of the worst and you come back to this and you're expected to live your life like nothing really happened. Well, and also that there's no solace in redemption. Like you can go fight a good fight all over all over the world you can fight a good fight because he fought it overseas he's fighting a good fight here but it doesn't bring him any happiness like he doesn't find any solace in it if anything it just makes his life worse and i will and i will say that the comparison of text driver is interesting because i think there is a little of that in the sense that we don't really know exactly a lot about his backstory like specifics uh regarding like what kind of people he 
typically goes after. I mean, like, from the way it looks like, he'll just go after whoever you tell him to go after. I don't know if he has an emotional or, like, like a requirement because the details he gets are pretty sparse um, initially. But, I mean, it's it's... It's like this guy is doing something heroic, but he's not like a heroic figure, and I think that yeah. Taxi Driver is like that too. But Taxi Driver almost takes it like another hundred leaps forward because the guy that you're like the guy that is that does the heroic act is like so demented that it's hard to even feel good about the end of the movie. <laughs> like you just feel like that guy's that something bad is gonna happen to that guy, or some he's gonna do something bad later. But you don't yeah. really feel that. I don't feel that as much in this one. It's more like he's going to cause pain to himself rather than other people, unless he has to, which is sort of the whole point. I agree with that. Jimmy, um, how did you feel about this movie's uh, structure? Because it's really quick. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah, it was really short. Both the movies we saw for this podcast were pretty short. Yeah, Yeah, I guess they were. I didn't. I didn't check the runtime for Tully, but I knew the runtime for this was uh was really con- concise, really packed in fast. No, I liked it, uh, especially when you're dealing with like mental stuff. Yes. Because uh, it's not not a lot, lot of action, and for us, you know, we can probably get bored really easy when it's just like something very. Uh, what's the word for it? You mean like when the Jedi Council is talking to like the Senate and they're trying to figure out what the rules are in the universe or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm if we could speed certain things up, I'm, I'm fine. Sorry, I'm sorry. But no, I, I liked it. It was good. Uh, the way the, the way they paced everything, it was fine. Uh, I didn't really find myself a whole lot of you know bored, mostly because his performance. Yeah, it was it was captivating. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it was someone else, maybe I would. I probably wouldn't watch it. How many actors do you think could play a character like this? Not many. This is like Daniel Day Lewis kind of stuff. You know what's weird though? What? I know I agree with you, but some of it reminded me of Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. Because yeah. he's kind of like he does not as violent, and his job is obviously way different. But like the fact that he's like mentally like in his own head and was like has anger problems like and he's doesn't say a lot in the movie it did remind me of that a little but i do agree that this is a different role um and there are yeah, definitely more role. there's more required in this role i think too. there are some yeah i think there are some scenes that are like really intense and not a lot of actors can pull off the yeah, tender no, I moment i mentioned earlier there's another moment that's also very emotional for him. And I don't think a lot, like all of the complexities that go into his emotions, I don't think a lot of actors can portray as well as he. How did you guys feel about the contrast of the very gritty street level scenes and then this sort of like almost mystical scenes that dealt with his mental state? Because there are some very like interesting artistic choices to represent those parts of the film. I really liked the thought that went into how each scene was depicted in this movie. Yeah. Because you're talking about, like, some of the mental states he was in, but also some of the violent scenes, like, the way those were depicted. All of all of the artistic shots in this movie are made to th- make the audience think about something. I don't know. I, th- I think it's one of those things just kind of, like... There are certain things that are hard to explain with words. So using like a visual is a, probably like the best way to convey it Definitely. to the audience on how a certain emotion feels. Yeah, and especially because this character doesn't speak like a lot. Yeah. So it's like there's no, no. other way. There's no other way to know what's going on in his head. It kind of reminds me of uh, Driver, in a way. This is the sort of movie... Like, I really like seeing movies that use the the film medium as a way to explore things you can't explore through other types of art. I, I, I enjoy movies that could also be done as stage plays, but I think there's something extra interesting about watching a movie like this that could never be done on stage. Yeah, like, Thoroughbreds, that... That movie, 
probably more meant for a stage. Yeah. At least they tried some things to make it very centered yeah. in film. But I was thinking about like three billboards, which would make a really good stage play. That. Yeah, that I agree. That's actually interesting. Interesting thought. I'm trying to find who the cinematographer for this movie is. His name was Thomas Townsend. Yeah, I'm trying to. He doesn't. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I can't look up his other movie. <laughs> Gosh darn it, Thomas. He may have. He may have a IMDb page, but I'm just curious to see if he's done any other movies. He has an IMDb page. Yeah, here we go. Not Thomas not Thompson's. a lot of not a lot of big ones. It looks like he did do he did this he did. We need to talk about Kevin though, James. Would you say that that was the similar the way it was shot was similar? Yeah, I really like the way that Alan had uh, some of the shots. He also directed. Or I guess when I say big ones, I just mean ones that I haven't seen. <laughs> right. Oh, we need to talk about Kevin. Is another very visually intriguing movie. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, I recommend it. Uh, I saw it on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, so, speaking of exhaustion, <laughs> let's move on to the next movie. No, no, no. We're going to do ratings. We oh, do ratings. ratings. And also, I want to tell you guys that the cinematographer also did cinematography for the Rolling in the Deep Adele video. So, we'll take that information and stuff. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Adele, rolling in the deep. <laughs> Same cinematographer. Come on. Why are you guys so. Y'all are whack tonight. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's do ratings. I'm going to do mine first because I feel like it's going to take in. Uh, yeah, this movie's a Bloody Mary. So. <laughs> Boom. There it is. I'll follow that up because <laughs> I specifically made sure not to do Bloody Mary since I've already used it twice. <laughs> so I went for Red Velvet Pancakes. You got your okay, red. I'll, you got I'll your forget. your children's food. Also, there's a scene that is in a diner, and that's all I will say. Man, last but not least, uh, <laughs> I'll just say just some some bacon. Just some bacon. <laughs> I feel like you've said that before. <laughs> no, no. I feel like you've said bacon before. I feel like that comes up a lot. Just bacon. You're like the guy that you're like the guy that goes to IHOP Bacon Week. And you're just like, let's do this. No, I'm I'm the guy that goes to IHOP and I'm like, oh, give me the Grand Slam, and they're like, sir, that's Denny's. Ooh, you're like, uh, that's next door to cross by the other hotel on this highway. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, taking shots at IHOP, but it is true there are a lot of them by hotels. <laughs> um, okay, let's do Tully. All right, totally. Uh, that movie is an hour and 36 minutes long. It's a comedy <laughs> right drama. Crama. Uh, we're doing a, a runtime now? <laughs> I'm doing a book report right now real quick. Okay. So it's about a mother oh, of three that hires a night nanny to help her with a newborn movie. What? Now, she, she birthed a movie? Does that say movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm, I'm sticking by it. I'm she birthed the movie. Yeah, Char- Charlie Theron has many skills. She actually gave birth to Rambo 5. It's coming out near a theater near you. Get excited. Okay, uh, James. So it's written by Diablo Cody. Okay. You may know her from uh, that one movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Juno. I was getting... <laughs> I was gonna say Uno. So I just... <laughs> uh, she did Uno. Juno, and then they yeah, also Juno. did Young Adult, starring Je- Charlize Theron. I got this in and my head. And Jennifer's Body. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> so, also Mackenzie Davis is in it. Mark uh, Duplass is in it. Yeah, what did you guys think about? And the guy from totally. Office Space is the husband. For most of the movie, I was pretty underwhelmed, and then the ending is supposed to make you feel overwhelmed, and it just didn't hit the points that I want a movie like this to hit. Oh. Womp womp. <laughs> I'm trying to say that without giving anything away. It's not right. a bad movie. 
No, it's not bad. It's just I, trying I, to have a... I con- don't think it's I bad. appreciate the conversation it's trying to have, but I wish it had made me sit with the uncomfortableness that it brings to you when it sort of, like, uh, resolves quickly and lets you off the leash, I feel like. I would say that I agree with that. I actually think that's the... I won't say the surprise or whatever, but sort of the main point of the movie doesn't really get unveiled until the very end, and then it just sort of ends. Yeah, there's no... Like, there's no time it's to It's not chew a on resolution. It. Yeah, there's no <laughs> or time chew to really on, chew yeah, on it Yeah, chew on it's a good way to put it, because this isn't... It's kind of a resolution. Or there's kind well, of so a resolution. I actually... Anyway. I had a really interesting conversation with some women. Um, I was at this book launch a couple weeks ago, and I started talking to these women there who were working moms... And it was really interesting having this conversation with them because they were saying, they were talking about the struggles of working and motherhood and how so often now, especially on social media, you can see these images of moms who look like they're doing it all. And these two women were telling me, they're like, you just can't. Like women who look like they're doing it all, they're not. There's, you cannot do it all. possible. I mean, you can if you don't sleep, but you know. I'm just kidding. Anna hates me. She's like, no. I think this movie is, uh, and the first thirty minutes of this movie is basically it could be used in high schools uh, to prevent teen pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really makes it look hard, and I think that that was the point. I I think they didn't want to make it look any less realistic than it should. That it is for most people. Like, I think it is hard, especially if you have more than one. I mean, and they're all, and they were all young, too. There was no teenager to help the, the parents out. There was no, yeah. you know, they weren't, they were, they were still in that, they were still very formative. So it, yeah. it did create, like, this very intense burden for Charlie Theron's character, specifically because her husband, Ron Livingston, in the movie, he is like the he is like the the worker dad. And this is a very much a uh, what is that what's the term? Um like a microwave family, is that what it's called? Like the dad goes goes to work every day and like comes home and eats dinner and like and just like it's never to be seen from again. Well, and like the mom does yeah. all like the home stuff. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think it's she probably, has a job, but, she does have a job. We only right. see her while she's on maternity leave. Right, exactly. But I think what, what the movie depicts is that sort of scenario, and it does yeah. feel like that. Like, even in the way the characters behave, it's like the mom's doing all the work and the dad's just sort of, like, there. Yeah. He's bringing home the bacon. James, thoughts? Come on, give us something. I haven't heard all right, a word let from me, you. Let me... My turn. My turn. <laughs> you got all your stuff out. So first, when this movie... Before this movie came out, there was a, a group of moms that just, like, band together and just, like... They're like, oh no, this movie does not represent us. How could she just get? How could she seek help? You know, you know, hiring a night nanny. But then, you know, it's one of those things. Like, they obviously didn't see the movie. Yeah, that's represented more more, in the movie. Yeah, there's more to it. She's very uh, hesitant to to have any help. No, no, no. no. So the way she she uh, goes about learning about a night nanny is through her brother. That's like, hey, we've done this. I want to offer this to you, kind of thing. And she's just like, I don't know, I don't really want that. I'm a mom. I can handle my own shit. Also, they have this huge contrast in the way those families operate, even though they're from the same, you know, home. The same, yeah, the same upbringing. Like uh, Charlie Theron's character and her brother in the movie. Octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, thing is when. Tolly first comes into the picture i was just like whoa this is kind of like a manny pixie dream nanny yeah (laughs) she she has she says all the right things she does all the cool things but then like you know over the movie you get to know Tolly and you figure things out and you're just like wow there's more to it i was with you anna like the first half of the movie i'm just like whoa so what's what's this leading up to? What was this movie trying to say? What's the reveal? Was yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. You do gotta get the sense that, that something is strange. Uh, and then after everything, after it was done, I was like, maybe I want to. Makes me want to watch it again, so I can, having known everything now, I want to go back and see yeah. what 
subtleties it had throughout the movie. And uh, you watched you it know, again. This I didn't watch it again because okay. <laughs> well, Movie Pass won't let me no, watch it, it won't. again. Movie Pass will not. Let Damn me it, Movie Pass! But no, this is this kind of shows that ha- a mom's life is not a greeting card. You know, this is kind of like a slice of life of what it takes. To you be know, a to be a mom. Yeah, be a mom. Yeah, be a, yeah, mom. And I've seen, you know, my sister go through some of these things and with her kids. And, you know, it's it's a serious, unglamorous thing. Well, Where most of the other times, you know, like in other movies, moms are shown off as like quirky or in a comedic way. You're like, oh, my God, being a mom is so crazy. <laughs> This makes me think of one of the most recent family movies we saw, uh, Love, Simon, and just what a greeting card How family. perfect that family was. Well, and also, isn't the new Mary Poppins movie coming out this year? Like, we just, this is a fam- picture-perfect family year. But hearing, hearing y'all's thoughts on this movie. As men. Well, no, as well, not even as men, just like what y'all saw watching this sort of makes me think um, it makes me think more about how James and I are both saying we're watching the first half of this movie and we're like, where is this going? But how often do we probably like see moms on social media or out in the streets and they like put on a face for a certain crowd and you think, okay, where is this going? This is fine. Like it just makes. Uh, yeah, it just makes me think about that, about what I wasn't looking for in the movie or what I wasn't asking of the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, stuff that's not even really deals with, doesn't even really deal with parenthood. There's some stuff in there, and I feel comfortable saying this because it's in the trailer, but there's a scene where Charlize Theron's character um, is having an argument with Tully, and Tully basically says, Why, you know, you've made all your dreams come true. And then it, it's almost like she is also dealing with this like sort of midlife crisis as well as being a new parent again for the third time as well as having to do all the housework as well as this and that. I mean, it's like this. Uh, there's just a lot going on and it's almost inescapable, like all the stuff that yeah. she has to deal with. I mean, there's like no way uh, – there's no other way for her except to get help, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the form of whatever I, that may be. Well, and I mean, I, mean even... I know that none of us are parents, and so we can't really speak to yeah. it. But I'm sure it's not uncommon for parents to all of a sudden be caught up in the busy lives of having a job and having a kid and think back, like, what what if I didn't have this tying me down? Like, I can see where that midlife crisis thought comes from. Oh, sure. I think it's a... Uh, understandable to I mean like, it's completely understandable I mean even the there I mean there's another scene that's in the trailer maybe the trailer gave a little bit too much away <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene in there where her husband says you know I know you wanna or I know you're thinking of, you know you think about running away sometimes like I do too but I'm not gonna like that's like, like that's what these guys that's, that's what she's sort of grappling with that is in the trailer by the way you can yeah, go look at it it's in the trailer yeah <laughs> James, give me mean looks. It's in the trailer, I promise. You can see oh my his God. looks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah but on like... On our, G- on our Google Hangout, think, think I about, can only see like my mm, reflection in his glasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to say something like... For me, I was watching Off Topic earlier before we started this podcast. I was watching a lot of like uh, Infinity War... <laughs> Interviews. We brought it, it back like to Infinity mon- War. All right. It's a montage of Tom Holland and like Mark Ruffalo spoiling the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> and literally one one uh, interview, Mark Ruffalo says what happens at the end of Infinity War. That's why I don't watch actor <laughs> interviews until I see the movies, bruh. I really don't. If I say something, Trent, will you cut it out of the podcast? I mean, we can do, uh, we can talk spoilers for like five or ten minutes and then it's No, I want to, okay. Just... Well, because I want to say something about what the interview you guys just mentioned. The Mark Ruffalo interview? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, okay. 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 Spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. All right, let's go. Spoiler alert for a video where I skip, skip two minutes. I don't know. I feel like sometimes a go-to spoiler is, um, like, you'll be like, oh, everybody dies. Because, like, that's you can say that and people will always think you're kidding. But I almost said that to someone about Infinity War and I was like, oh, I can't say can't that. Can't say that. Well, it's not even true, though, because only half. <laughs> oh come on! Because it's gotta oh, be balanced. On. All right, uh, back to Tilly. No, no, it's kind of <laughs> like what you just regular said. programming. You're like, I don't want to run. That's that's like towards the end of the movie. Yeah, it is. But I yeah. hate that it's when so it's crazy. in trailers because then I start to like wait for those lines. I'm like, okay, this these characters gonna say to this character. When is well, I mean, I know happen? that there's that interaction in the in like, and I feel like if they use it in the promotional material, it's fair game for us to talk about here. It is, it is. It makes me mad at the promotional material, though. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but because I had forgotten, but I know after watching the movie that that line was I had heard it already from that, like delivered in the same candor. I so had I this, I had this that. problem with. Um, a quiet place like going into it because yeah, i'd seen the trailer so many times it was like i already know like certain characters die and like i saw the, the trailer before the movie <laughs> like in the theater like it was they played the quiet place <laughs> i will say that i was hoping that that would happen again when i saw infinity war because i really do like the second trailer of infinity war, like a great deal i was like hey i'll watch that trailer before the movie starts that'd be great um do you guys want to quickly do a little spoiler talk about tully and then wrap it up yeah. All right. Totally. Okay, hold Spoilers. on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you guys have not seen the movie totally, please tune out and I guess come back and give the last 10 minutes or so of this podcast a listen. Um, yeah, because... No, not even 10 minutes. Oh, wait. Should we do minutes. breakfast food first and then spoil Yeah, let's do, yeah, yeah, let's, let do them. Let's, let's do breakfast food. Okay. okay. So, uh, obviously, this is... Uh, I think I could... I, actually, I'll, I speak for all of us when I say this. In fact, I'm going to just say that this is the bre- this is the unanimous breakfast food um, from Movies for Breakfast for this movie. This movie is Despicable Me Cupcakes. And uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's so corny, man. I didn't even... Anyways. No. It didn't. I didn't, they didn't really... I didn't get a good look at him, to be fair. Well, then someone wasn't was watching like, the movie. <laughs> maybe I was falling asleep. No, I'm just um, <laughs> All right, okay. so spoiler talk. Yeah, so Thanks again. Thanks for coming to our podcast. Spoiler we'll warning. Bye. Yeah. Spoiler. Okay, so this is, this is basically Fight Club, but mom version. <laughs> right? So James told me that after the movie, and I was like, oh. Oh. Did anyone? Oh. Did, so is it just me, or did anyone get the feeling that that's where this was headed? No, I didn't. I didn't get it until like right before they took, like as they were taking him out of the room, and like Tully wasn't in there. I was like, oh. So, yeah, I thought the mermaid sequence is what made me think that. Um, but I did think. I thought there was a possibility that she just died, and I like. I, but then I was like, that'd be a really dark turn for this movie because, like, I feel like Charlie Theron would go to jail. Like, yeah, like you can't. Like, so I thought it was either going to be like super dark, or it was going to be like some sort of like mind, like Bruce Willis yeah, sixth the, sense moment. The car accident is what did it, and then so I'm talking to, like, once you realize, it makes me think, it makes you think about what happened in the past like you know the cupcakes things it's like oh a real mom does minion cupcakes and then like in class kids like my mom make this for me and i was like oh she took uh credit for Tolly's work but really it was her yeah also the uh, sex scene is way less interesting <laughs> yeah well and like, I, I was i was like i, get, this I get how they played that off by the next morning him being like so do you want to talk about that and then her being like we don't have to if you don't want but like I almost, I felt like, I felt like I'd been tricked in not, That's an, like the inter- one. In not an interesting way. Yeah. Like, for a dad who's, like, semi-involved with his children yeah, to have never even met the nanny, to have, like, legitimately thought, like, I don't know. I But I'm also not a mom, and I don't have, like... But doesn't that go to show, like, how uninvolved and un... I don't want to say caring, but, like, how... Uh, but like, what was, about what about the morning when he left early for the airport? 
before she got there? Like, did he not notice that there wasn't a night nanny there when he was leaving for the airport? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are some potholes. Not <laughs> mentioned like I guess in that in that in that vein, sure. Um, but they never really disclosed when the trade off happens, though. So I mean, like that could still be explained, I guess, in plot. That's a good point, though. But yeah, that that's that sort of I was like, oh, this is weird. But then it becomes less weird. But then it's still kind of weird because it's like, I don't know if that scene is even necessary. But okay. Yeah. That's almost like the one I'm like, okay, you really didn't need that. I don't think in the movie like that doesn't drive home the. So, also, did she fit in this in the costume or not? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like these are things I need to know now. I feel like if you want to make a movie with an unreliable narrator, you need to have things to back it up where the audience can still feel like they just watched they watched a true story but then can piece together where the narration still happened. Whereas I left this movie and I was like, okay, I see what they want me to think, but like I don't understand feasibly how this could have occurred. And I know it's a movie. And I know that the point is, like, an overworked motherhood. Like, it's exhausting. It's very difficult. Yes. But I just didn't like the way this movie executed it. And then it just ends. After it turns out that, like, Mm. she was overworked, the dad's like, I'm sorry. And it ends. I'm going to do some more stuff around the house. Let's make lunch. Like, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that, like, honestly, that's, like, the part that it it was, like, a really empty feeling. Yeah, like, I didn't don't feel any on, resolution. Like, is, she, is she on like medication? Like, where are we at with this? Like, like she literally wrecked a car. Like, that's not like you can't just do that. Yeah, <laughs> there's like there it's, are it's all good. for that. Play that song on on the iPod. Um, it's all good. Right, exactly. Um, I will say it took away from the sex scene specifically, but it heightened. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, I was excited for that. No, no, no. I mean, but the, the reveal heightened the New York scene. It makes it, like, even more devastatingly sad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because, like, you can imagine, like, what is happening. And I, I, I don't I don't think the movie wants you to think that she was, like, physically talking to, like, an empty space next to her. But more so that all the stuff was happening inside her head. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it it's showed, still sad. Yeah. It's still sad. When it showed her making that bread and previously... This scene would have been her talking to Tully. Instead, she we just yeah, she wasn't talking yeah. to herself. She was just making the bread. Yeah, so still sad. <laughs> um, but this movie also does mental health, and it makes you wonder like, is this just the, is this just like the over the burden that she's under? That's postpartum, sort of crack? like postpartum anxiety and depression are like a really real thing. No, I'm not saying it's not real or not. I'm just well, saying... Oh, um, I didn't mean to imply that you weren't. I'm a... Yeah. I guess I'm saying, like, it. a lot of women are affected by it. And so I think the conversation that this movie starts is good. I agree. No, I agree. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just uh, asking questions. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, okay. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I think we've <laughs> talked about it enough. Yeah. James, do you have any parting thoughts? Uh, Tully? I just want to say, like, the interaction between uh, uh, Charlie Theron's character and the school principal were pretty good. Kind of just, you know, like, the stuff that the principal was not trying to say, you know, trying to be all nice about things. But, like, I feel like that scene was really well done, how it was written. But uh, is this a movie you guys recommend to other people? Yeah. Probably depends on the person. Who would you not recommend it to? I would probably not recommend it to my mom. Oh. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. I feel, I mean, that's also just my mom I wouldn't recommend to. I would recommend it to other moms. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it can maybe bring back memories of, like, the first months you have with kids that, you know, bring back stressing and anxiety. Because you want to think of, like, oh, like, we're having a baby. This is great. We're going to, like, spend time getting close with, like, our new child. But then it's, like, really stressful and you don't get sleep. So, yeah, there's one, there's a scene in the movie which I was thinking, uh, to bring it back to Rocky, 
how in Rocky there's a training montage, and in this one there's a mommy montage. There is a mommy just montage. Like all yeah. these things that just go over and over, you know, kind of like what Tolly said. You know, you become dull, and you just like changing the same diaper. Uh, baby's crying. You're trying to figure out how to, you know, make it stop. But yeah, the mommy montage. Yeah, the mommy montage. <laughs> All right, and with that being said, <laughs> I think I'm going to put the kibosh in this thing. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to say before we depart? Um, other than the fact that we will not be, there will not be a Movies for Breakfast episode next week, and we will be coming up, uh, we will be out the week after the 20th, because we will be reviewing Deadpool 2, and a second movie that has not been decided yet. <laughs> um, any last thoughts, guys? Uh, no. Good. All right, this has been Movies for Breakfast. We will see you at the movies. Peace.